Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Kevin Winters, a practicing dentist from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Dr. Winters was given the Outstanding Young Dentist of Oklahoma Award for his ability to transform a struggling practice into a very successful practice in just a few short years. He is the author for the Aesthetic Procedures Update for a Dental Equipment and Materials magazine. He is also the host for a midday news segment on Channel 2 called Dentist on Call. How are you today, Dr. Winters? I was doing great. Doing great. Great to be with you. Good. Well, I understand you're going to talk to us today about composites. Yeah, I think we'll go through uh, different topics, uh, all centered around composites and their uh, uses and applications and just kind of what we do on a day-to-day basis in my practice. Great. That sounds good. I'm sure you have some useful tips for our listeners. Well, I hope so. I hope so. So which composite are you using in your office the most frequently? Well, certainly the one that has uh, the most history and most track record with me has been Vitalescence. But more recently, I've done some things with the Amelogen Plus and have found some very nice indications and uses uh, for that uh, composite as well. But uh, I think Vitalescence probably is the one that's certainly more time-tested and, and uh, a little bit more familiar with. And when do you decide w- when to use Vitalescence versus Amelogen Plus? Well, the great thing about the whole Vitalescence system is just the availability of all the different colors that we have, and certainly the ones that can be used more as uh, incisal shades and enamel uh, layer shades if you're, if you're doing a composite veneer or a class 4 fracture on a, on a front tooth. The Vitalescence system allows you so many options to rebuild natural form and anatomy, but, but also color and, and reflection within the tooth to make your restoration look as lifelike as possible. And so, you know, I really have enjoyed the Vitalescence system to focus primarily more on, on anterior cases. And one thing now that with the new Amelogen Plus set that I'm seeing is that it's a great composite to use for posterior dentistry, dentistry that uh, you may not want to be as fancy with, I guess, in your different uh, options as far as layering and things like that go. But then also, I've used it anteriorly just on some very simple, straightforward, maybe class 5 areas or a, a class 3 interproximal restoration that you may be able to see from the, from the facial aspect of it. So it's one that I think maybe kind of more of a bread and butter uh, type composite. And then the Vitalescence is if you want to spend a little bit more time, maybe be a little more fancy with it. Than, uh, than the other. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of history or, or a lot of experience with Vitalescence. Do you have any tips to share? Well, um, once again, uh, my favorite part of that whole system is the colors that are available for the incisal and, and enamel layers because, you know, basically from one system to another, uh, an A2 is pretty much an A2 and a, and a, a B1 is pretty much a B1. But the advantage, I think, that the Vitalescence system has is some of the, like the iridescent blue colors, some of the, even some of the more opaque colors to use as as a back layer on a, a large class 4 to, to help block out light to transmission from the lingual of a tooth that creates a darker uh, look to the composite because of, of the light shining through. And so... I guess talking about tips or techniques, that's one that, that we could go off on. So you have a, a class 4 fracture. And one thing that, that you see was in so many restorations of, of that nature is that 
you'll get a darker result than what you originally plan out to have. You know, you've got a basic shade from the tooth and you build your class four to that shade, but when you're finished, all of a sudden it looks darker than what the what the adjacent sound tooth structure is. And, and the reason for that is that you're getting light going through the composite and, and through the restoration. And because it, it doesn't have anywhere within that composite to, to really stop the light transmission, you pick up this the darkness kind of from the back of the mouth. And so one thing that, that I do in my technique to build class four restorations is after I have constructed a polyvinyl matrix from a wax up uh, of the tooth, then you can place a lingual layer to the restoration. And I'll use the opaque snow color, which is for, for people that aren't familiar with it, it's, it's a very white colored to this uh, shade of composite and make that my lingual layer placed directly against the the matrix and then delivered to the tooth inside the matrix and so you can actually just kind of you know shape it out thin it down to a point that that uh, uh, you're working with maybe a, a I don't know a half millimeter layer or so which is certainly adequate enough because of the color of the composite to help with this light transmission problem that I was discussing earlier and so you, you layer that out within the matrix, deliver it straight to the tooth where you've already gone through your bonding procedures, and then the light cure it. And then once you remove the matrix, now you have this lingual layer of opaque snow attached to the tooth, and you, then you begin building in uh, your body and enamel layers on top of that. So uh, essentially what you've, you've done is created a kind of a, a backdrop to stop that light transmission and then you build your color on top of it so now your restoration ends up looking like the rest of the tooth so it's just a little trick to get rid of that dark shadow that seems to, to come through on a lot of uh, larger class fours and I, I know you also talk about blocking out dark tooth stumps and dark gingival margins is is opaque snow the same way you do that well it, it yeah it's very similar um say you've got a Oh, an old endo tooth or something, and you're getting ready to either place a, a porcelain restoration on it, or even if you're you're building it up in in composite, you can actually right at the margin go in and create a little tunnel. That if you were to to look at it when you're finished, you're actually going subgingival, but you leave the outer wall of the tooth, and so you're creating a tunnel kind of within the tooth that creates basically a trough where you can place either a, a very opaque flowable or something like opaque snow or a color that might even blend a little bit better to the more desired stump shade that you would have underneath a, a porcelain restoration. But you put that in right at that gingival margin down in this tunnel or trough, and essentially you're doing the same thing. You're, you're using the composite to block out the darker color coming from within the tooth, and, and you can actually... Even in teeth that have almost kind of a purplish gingival color, which in many instances is just the color of the tooth and color of the root, the darkness from that is creating this dark shadow out in the tooth because you're not really having light transmission through the tooth. And it acts almost kind of like a, like a light rod. You know, if you have light going through the, the part of the tooth that you can see within your mouth, it actually transmits up the root. But if the tooth is dark, then that light transmission doesn't happen. Uh, 
and you end up with this darker gingival color or kind of a dark margin area. And so if that's the case, then uh, this technique is great to mask that and create a more uh, kind of lighter color there and, and kind of fake the tooth into thinking that it's, it, it doesn't have that color. Yeah. Now, you said that you do direct composite veneers quite mm-hmm. often. I see in your outline that you talk about simplifying the sequence for direct composite veneers. Right. What do you have to share with our listeners? Well, you know, again, can make this a very daunting task to sit there and construct, you know, eight composite veneers on someone. And it can take a lot of time. But, you know, there, there's several things that can be done to really make this go so much faster and be less complicated, which I, I think is one reason why more dentists don't do it is because it, it, it is something that, I mean, you've got to sit down and dedicate your time to, to doing that, and you can't be jumping up and going and checking hygiene uh, recalls and things like that. So some of the things that, that really help this flow, uh, I think, is to begin with an ideal wax-up of what you want the, the desired case to, to look like. And so whether you do that yourself uh, on study models that you've taken, whether you do it, you know, there's a, even a way where you can do it directly in the mouth or uh, a little more precisely, you can have a, a dental laboratory do it. Certainly using one that uh, has a lot of experience with anterior cases, you're going to end up with a lot better wax up. But using that then as kind of your guideline or blueprint for what your composite veneer case ends up looking like is a great starting point. And what, what happens from the, from the wax up then is that you can use an incisal edge matrix that you get off of the wax up to help create the exact incisal edge placement and also the more importantly the mesial to distal dimensions of each individual tooth as well as buccal lingual so you don't end up having a fat tooth and a skinny tooth and and everything is very symmetrical that way mm. so it, it it really serves as basically your guideline to establishing all the dimensions of the teeth once that's done then the, the process to build the teeth can can be as complicated or as simple as what you want to make it. And, and usually from a practical standpoint, it's somewhere in between where most people will end up. You want to have the teeth look very natural and, and, and resemble a tooth and not just a monochromatic chiclet, you know, or piece of composite there. So finding this in-between place is, again, like I said, is where most people end up. And so the process is kind of dependent upon the existing color of the teeth and what you're trying to get them to, but you're going to have to begin with removing some tooth structure. You know, what you don't want to have is just a fat chunk of composite sitting on a tooth, and and, and I've seen this all too many times where, you know, the composite was just an add-on. It wasn't something that was replacing a portion of the tooth, but it was just kind of stacked on top of it, and and, and those results are very hard to, to make look right. So removing a little bit of tooth structure and designing that that preparation in a way where you're able to extend it interproximally so you don't end up having a, a, a line of demarcation where you've got one color of composite and another color of tooth, and it, it creates a darkness in between the teeth. So we've got to extend the preparation back in approximately and then again depending upon the the color change that you're making you begin just building that back up and the layers uh, of color that you use 
unless you have done a big reduction for some reason, tend to be quite thin. And most dentists, once again, will use too much composite. And by the time that they've that they've added a few layers, next thing you know, the tooth is very thick. And, and by the time you recontour that back down, you're back to basically one layer again. So uh, keeping the, the layers thin and building the tooth, I guess the best way to think of it is you want to build the tooth as it was made. You've got dentin, you've got enamel, you've got uh, incisal colors, you've got along the edge and what's called an incisal halo to build within, and you've got translucency to build within that incisal edge. And so there, there are quite a few characteristics that you've got to build within this tooth. So you can't create big, thick layers. I think that's, that's a key in doing this. But once you get your dent in place and you have established your incisal edge, the matrix, once that's, uh, that's completed, it's just merely a, a matter of placing your enamel for next and then uh, a final kind of outer uh, translucent enamel uh, layer. And then it's a matter of, of simply just going in, contouring the tooth the way that you want it, polishing, going through those steps, and then you start all over again and just keep working your way around the arch. And speaking you know, of polishing, I know you've really emphasized that in your course. Are, yes. Are there things that dentists are not doing with polishing that they need to consider? Do you have steps that you recommend? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I think what you'll find with most dentists as they polish an anterior composite restoration is they're going to find the, the quickest, fastest thing that they can do, whether that you know, just be a, a, a disc type of, of approach or some type of cup or, or something like that. But it's, you know, they're going to go in, just buzz, buzz, buzz. Now, yeah, that looks good and move on. And they don't spend enough time to create a, a real high luster and high polish, which ultimately for these restorations helps maintain the color that much longer uh, anyway. So not only does it make it look nice and, and, and shiny and all that kind of stuff, but you're going to maintain the color of that composite restoration longer and have less problems with color from foods and drinks being absorbed within the composite, the better it's polished. So the process is one that, you know, you certainly you start off with, with some type of cup or disc or whatever uh, that you want to use that is more of a finisher than a, than a polisher and, and basically you're just using this to kind of create your final contours and to get things smooth and then you come back with uh, with a polishing system now I, I like to use the the jiffy polishing system and it is it has some steps that you follow in the the abrasiveness of the of the points and and, and cups get less and less as you go creating a higher polish but the one trick that I really like, and uh, I think that, that this addition to my polishing system has made a more impact on making the composite look like teeth instead of just composite, is uh, using the bristle brushes that, can, that are, are, are silicone impregnated and can kind of flex and bend with the contours of the tooth instead of just making everything just gl you know, glassy smooth. But it really helps to, uh, to polish a, a contoured tooth without destroying all the anatomy in it. And I think that that one thing, not only does it give it a very high polish, but it does so in a way where you don't wipe out all the anatomy 
and uh, I, I love the results that I've been able to get with that. And that's an interesting point because I've seen in a lot of hands-on courses the doctors will take all this time to build their anatomy and then they just polish it polish all it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. And so that's why the bristle brushes will enable you to keep your, your anatomy in there that you worked so hard and spent so much time to develop without destroying it and, and polish it. And so you can, you can have all of this even just fine secondary and kind of just bumpy type anatomy that most anterior teeth have and this will this will keep that but just make it shiny and nice and really help you create a, a lifelike restoration there. Excellent tip. Well we are very happy that you took the time to be with us today. Thanks for being our guest this week and we look forward to hearing more from you. I'm sure you have lectures coming up. Are there any you'd like to promote? I think this uh, this next August, the August of 2007, we're going to be doing a very, very fun lecture, which is going to be part of an Alaskan cruise. And, you know, as far as cruises go, uh, I've not been on an Alaskan cruise, but uh, from what I hear from people who have, this is by far the best cruise that you can go on. It's the most scenic going through the, the areas that, that you do, not only are you seeing all the, the great countryside, the, the animals that, that are in that part of the region are, are very evident. You can go off on, on salmon fishing trips and all kinds of stuff, but I'm really looking forward to that, and, and I know there's going to be just a, a great turnout for that cruise, and, and hopefully we can spend a little bit of time uh, talking some dentistry and and, uh, and having fun uh, while, we're, while we're up there. Great. Yeah, that's... I'm glad that you mentioned the Alaska cruise because this past year it filled up really quickly for us. So all you listeners out there, if you're interested in joining Dr. Winters on this cruise, sign up early. Well, thanks for joining us today, Dr. Winters. It's been my pleasure. <laughs>